Hello and welcome to Moving Iron Podcast. This edition of the Moving Iron Podcast is brought to you by these great sponsors. Axon started out of a passion for keeping agriculture moving. Imagine having 100 years of tire and wheel knowledge in your back pocket the next time you sell a piece of ag equipment. To find more or become an Axon dealer, please visit axontire.com. This podcast is also brought to you by Valley Transportation. Valley Transportation has been hauling ag and construction equipment across the country for the past 33 years. Call Parker at 800-657-4910 or go to valleytransinc.com for all your trucking needs. At Valley Transportation, our goal is to help you reach yours. This podcast is also brought to you by AgDirect. No matter how you buy your ag equipment from a dealer, auction, or a private party, AgDirect can help you finance it. You can even apply online at agdirect.com. Learn more about your financing options at agdirect.com. Moving iron in the 21st century. Hardworking people working hard for you and me. Moving iron time and time again. Through the years you'll find us here. Moving iron. Hello and welcome to Moving Iron Podcast Markets. This edition of the Moving Iron Podcast is brought to you by Axon Tire, helping dealers move more iron for the past 100 years. For more information, go to axontire.com. If you'd like to get yourself a free Axon resource mouse pad so you can do all the metric conversions between tires and whatnot, check that out. Go to uh, go to axontiretips.com and uh, read those read the other articles, white papers and stuff there, what you see, and then go down to the bottom, fill out the form, and they will send you not one but two. Axon Tire Resource Mouse Pad. So everyone's excited about getting, you know, if you have ambidextrous or if you got two computers or one for your bag, whatever, you know, wherever you need to. In case you're trying to land a military drone. <laughs> <laughs> whatever you need. Check that out. And they'll send that over to the AxonTireTips.com and they will send that over to you. Valid Transportation has been hauling ag and construction equipment across the country for the past 33 years. Call Parker at 800-657-4910 for all your trucking needs. Valid Transportation, our goal is to help you reach yours. And no matter how you buy your ag equipment, whether it's from a dealer, an auction, or a private party, AgDirect can help you finance it. You can even apply online at agdirect.com. Learn more about your financing options at agdirect.com. This segment, this segment of the Moving Iron Podcast is brought to you by TractorZoom. <laughs> With access to over $20 billion worth of heavy machinery sales data, TractorZoom's Iron Comp is the industry's trusted solution for transparent heavy equipment values and auctionable insights. So this Did week, somebody exhume the micro machines guy? <laughs> <laughs> so this week I've got uh, Brett Carlson in here filling in for the vacationing Sean Hackett uh, on on this the moving iron market segment here. So Brett is a friend of mine. He has a podcast called the Dryline Farmer Podcast, and he uh, farms down around the Amarillo area and uh, does a little bit Amarillo. of Amarillo. Amarillo does does a little bit of of trading on his own. So. Brent is uh, uh, what town? Is, what town? You live Hereford. You live in Hereford, right? Hereford, Texas. So it goes down in Hereford, and so I want to get Brent on and talk about what he sees happening in the market uh, in place for Sean this week. So Sean or Sean, how, Brent, how you doing, man? Where I'm um, great. Where do where do you, where do Moving Iron podcasts um, contributors go on vacation? Where does the Moving Iron podcast send them? I don't know. Um, Sean lives in Florida, so I don't I don't know where you if you live in Florida. Most people vacation there. I don't know exactly where you would go on vacation. Your backyard, I guess. Or I guess they go to Kansas for vacation. I guess I don't know. Something <laughs> oh, completely opposite. God, I hope not. <laughs> oh. 
<laughs> Let's go to an inland lake for vacation yeah. this year. What do you think? So. <laughs> Sounds great to me. Yeah. Oh, man, everything's uh, as good as can be expected down here. We uh, got the corn. We're starting to see some corn tasseling and everything, and uh, it's just in time for it to have a seven-day forecast of 100 degrees every single day. So That's perfect. we're really looking forward to that, and uh, that should spike the mite population, so we're really excited about that. We're going to have picnics up and down the uh, headlands of these fields just for the mites yeah. and um it's only going to cost us 35 dollars an acre to uh have that so we're really excited about the mite uh parade that's fixing to uh, waltz through all the cornfields so and um the 100 degree heat to affect our pollination so that's we're really good. excited about all that that's so good news and we're expecting to uh, have sprinklers start getting stuck about 2 in the morning uh, <laughs> right out in the middle of the field, not anywhere close to the edge of the field. So we, we've got a, we've got a lot on our plate. We're really looking forward to a great summer. <laughs> yeah, everything's, everything's exciting. So I think you're going to have a uh, very impressive uh, uh, farming season for you because what, what, else, what else would be a good farming season without a bunch of stuff breaking and getting stuck in the middle of nowhere at the middle of the night, right? So one of my our neighbor friend, uh, farmer friends, he's actually a doctor too, a retired doctor, but he always said the best way to uh, fix the sprinkler out in the middle of the field is get all your tools, walk out there, throw them all in the mud, and then start over. <laughs> that way you can just go ahead and get that out of the way right off the bat. So yeah, it's uh no, it's a uh, you know considering the year we've had weather wise, you know corn looks pretty, it looks pretty good. It's not going to be super tall, but uh, yeah, you can you can still grow good corn. It's not super tall. Yeah. So anyway, um, well, let's let's uh, yeah. let's talk a little bit about what we saw happen here over the last uh, couple of weeks. We saw you know corn, wheat, everything on the board just get hammered. Saw a pretty good bounce back coming into uh, the first of this week, and then the uh, stocks report came out. Was report came out uh, yesterday, and typical USDA fashion, there's a bunch of stuff that just was more than expectations. You know, look at the wheat market for example. I don't know what wheat looks down in your neck, like what wheat harvest was like in your neck of the woods, but up here and through Kansas, people I've talked to, um, there's just not a lot of wheat out there. There's, there's parts that have some good, obviously good yields and those kind of things, but pretty sparse in between. So I guess what's your reaction to some of the stuff you saw in the WASD report? So first of all, down here, the wheat crop, there was not one. Uh, there was zero dry land. Actually, no, I take that back. We had four little corners that made seven bushels. So um, that that really made a great year. And uh, But no, the uh, wheat down here, you know, I think if you got, if you even sniffed 30 bushels and you're irrigated, you were pretty pleased. Yeah. So, um, but you know, it's, if you, when, when it doesn't snow all, all winter, you're right. not going to make any wheat. But, um, Makes it tough. you know, as, as far as the market in general, it's kind of like a Rocky movie. Like he starts kicking ass like the first, what, 15 minutes of mm -hmm. the, uh, or the first five minutes of the fight, and then he does everything but die for the next seven minutes, Yeah, and then somehow he gets this superhuman streak to come back and win. Now, I don't know if that last part of the movie is going to be in the markets or not, but right now we're getting in the uh, part where Rocky gets almost killed right. before he gets up off the mat, so um, it's, uh, you know, what were we, we were just at, what, $7 corn how long ago? Not we'll that long ago. And, um, you know, like this morning, the, the uh, CPI came out, and it was 9.1%, worse than they expected. So, but I don't guess it really, I mean, the commodities are a part of that, but yeah. it didn't really affect any of these overnight, or these, you know, overnight grains that came out here at 730. But, um, 
you know, it's, I'd say, you know, so looking back here on the chart, you know, we were at, back in May, we were at 770, and now we're at five, basically 570, or 585. You know, it's kind of the old adage, high prices take care of high prices. All these cliches, everybody hates to hear. The problem is with it right. is that they're always true. Yeah. I mean, and that's exactly what happens. So, you know, you have to ever. That's the problem with farmers is, is a lot of the times we forget all we can think about is the supply side. We don't think about the demand side. And right. Nothing is more, you know, y'all aren't cotton up there, but nothing's more pertinent to that than cotton. And I mean, there's just so few traders in the cotton market that they can, I mean, the swings are just wild. I mean, we were at a dollar twenty, just, you know, a month ago, and now we're, and you couldn't get a contract. They wouldn't contract with you because they didn't, they were afraid to. And, um, that really makes for an easy marketing year. I mean, you can go on the board and get options and everything. And they were so expensive, so much juice put into them that um, it was hard. But, you know, the wheat, well, like I said, we didn't have any wheat ourselves. We had like a circle and a half is all we had this year. And, um, you know, I would say in our area, not just us, I bet 30, 40% of the wheat that was cut was probably all caught for seed just to okay. make sure they had it for this year, for this, this coming fall. Yeah, and um, so you know that's. I mean, I don't know if that's a big enough number to factor in, you know, in the mar, you know, a macro market aspect. But I know, you know, the stuff you're allowed to catch, you everybody caught just to make sure that they had grazing for the fall. So um, a lot of that went on. I don't know about you know up in Kansas, but or y'all have. Y'all probably have a fair amount of wheat in Nebraska, I would think. My, in my area, there is, if you go yeah. kind of start going south um, from about like, well, I mean, all the way from, from the South Dakota border all the way down kind of the, the eastern edge of, of the Panhandle and yeah. kind of into like the, the central western part, I don't know, of the, of the Panhandle, kind of all the way down through Colorado, eastern Colorado, there's a lot of wheat in there. But it's yeah. uh, it's the same situation like you just talked about. I mean, not very much of it's irrigated. What is irrigated, I mean, they'll, they'll do okay with, but a lot of dry land stuff, and I've been hearing anything from, you know, 15 to 20, you know. I mean, yeah, um, it's just not not it's not it's there what I thought. We had a freeze come in, um, uh, a late freeze come in um, back in May, I think, like late May. That kind of zapped it pretty good. So that yeah, that hurt it, that hurt it pretty good. But I just, I mean, I'm reading this report here, and, you know, the trade was expecting 1.781 billion bushels, um, um, and I'm sorry, the, the, the trade expected 1.75 billion bushels, and there was the USDA came up with 1.781 billion bushels, um, which is up from from June. So I don't, I don't know where they got that number from, but it's, I mean, everyone I've talked to was wheat has been under the expectations. Of what they were expecting, um, you know, even even just winter wheat by itself, if you take that in consideration, it was one point two zero one billion bushels is what was reported, and it was expected one point one eight six billion bushels. So, you know, there's there's some difference there, but with the struggles that you saw with uh, you know soft red winter wheat up and up in the north and spring wheat and those kind of things, with all the water they had up there, you would think that there would be a a bigger swing in the wheat market than we see right now, and especially what's going on in Ukraine and Russia with all that. But they are trying to get some. Russia keeps uh, sending out 
stolen wheat, so I don't know if that's worth more. Is that like black market wheat? Is that what that is? I'm not for sure, but... Black seaweed. Black seaweed. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. But, but, yeah, you start seeing these things happen, and you would think that there'd be a lot more movement. There'd be just a lot more bullish, um, you know, well, tendencies yeah. towards... I mean, it's know. like any other bull market. I mean, if you don't have... If you don't exceed expectations by a good stretch every single time. Yeah, just... I mean, it. like, again, back in May, we were $14. Well, this is September now, wheat, but for yeah. Kansas City, but... I mean, to to be able to hold wheat in the teens, you got to yeah. have some massive, have I mean, over and over and over again. Right, yep. Because otherwise, it's just going to, yeah, 14, and now we're at 9, you know. Yeah. So less than 9 in, in September. But, yep. I mean, that that's just really all there is to it. I mean, high prices. And, you high know, then you got, of course, prices. demand destruction. And, of course, now, I mean, even crude oil, I, don't, I haven't looked crude oil this morning. I can go over here and pull it up. I know it was, what, $8 lower yesterday. Yeah, it got hammered so, yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's, I always find it interesting how literally within an hour, if you have a huge move up in the crude market, you go to a gas station and it's up, but it doesn't work the same way when it goes down. No, it's, it's funny how that works. It, it takes eight days, not eight minutes. Yeah. To, uh, so, yeah, I mean, crude's down another dollar, dollar twenty. So, you know, we're getting in the mid to low 90s now. So, yep. you know, and that's just killer. So. Let's talk about cotton a little bit. So cotton there for a minute was all the way up to like a dollar forty, and then it's kind of trickled its way back down. Uh, last time I saw it, at the end of last week, it was like a dollar nine or something like that. Oh, yeah. Casey, it's a trickle would be a little understatement because right now, March, so you can only get a contract out of March now. They're not even doing December, and it's at eighty two fifty in March. Oh wow, it's down so, another four dollars right now. So yeah, so. Uh, it's just an that yeah. I mean, yeah. it's absolutely tanked. And you know, like you look over here at the volume. This is overnight volume, but like in December, where you usually that's your new crop year. Mm-hmm. You know, there's only ninety two hundred contracts. This has been overnight. And you know, you look at the corn. Like, well, sugar has got seventeen thousand. Nobody ever talks about sugar, but you know, yep. cotton. There's just so few. I, there's just so few traders, and it's just not a. I cannot believe it's not a, or you know, a more liquid market than it is, but. It's, uh, I mean, because cotton's, you know, one of those things that you have to wear right. to be able to go into a bank. So, you know, <laughs> right. so I mean, right. they literally yeah. have it on the, I, I don't know how many Bank of Americas I've got, uh, had tried to go into, and I had no shirt, but yeah. I had a ski mask on, and they wouldn't let me in. I don't know what the hell the problem was, but yeah. um, I, I, I don't know why it's not a more liquid market. Yeah. But, um, when you're, when you're looking at, what's, what's we, are we cotton like down there now? I mean, you're irrigated, awesome. obviously, obviously, but you're. Dry land's probably all burn up, right? So well, we didn't plant dry land. Okay. So you know, of course, Lubbock, you know, which is a hundred miles south of us, that's obviously that's the heart of cotton country, yep. and their crop is like I would say poor to very poor, mm-hmm. very high in that. I yep. mean, there's not dry. They're they're giving up. Of course, I mean, their irrigation is pretty weak. It always has been. They never had a real thick aquifer, but they're even giving up on irrigated wheat on uh, irrigated cotton. Okay. And they just can't keep up with it, and you know. So we go. You know, they plant. They plant about the same. They start planting about the same time we do, but they can plant until, oh, maybe the second week of June. But um, so you know, we went through there last week of May, and a lot of them hadn't even started planting yet because they got a they got a big um, stretch of rain, and that area down there is just sand and, and clay. Right. And I mean, you can have an inch of rain, and then two hours later, you, your field's blowing out. Right. That kind of deal. So they were doing that. You know, they had that to deal with. And 
I don't know, the crop, I don't see how it's going to be anywhere close to whatever the trend line is. Right. And, um, you know, our cotton up here looks pretty good. We did, you know, we're a, diff- we're a completely different environment altogether. But um, yeah, Lubbock and South Plains is obviously the heart of cotton country, and it's, it's just not there. I yeah. mean, the dye has already been cast. People are already giving up. The abandonment's got to be off the charts, I mean, on dry land. And that's pretty much only other thing they can grow down there maybe is milo and maybe a little wheat. Yeah. But um, they're not growing, you know, they're not growing any corn. They're not growing any forage crops because there's just not any irrigation. And then the soil is right. also, you know, not very conducive to that. So cotton crop's going to be pretty short um, unless this is just all demand destruction. Of course, I think another, of course, the other big thing you got going against the cotton is the strong dollar. Yeah. Cotton's probably more, you know, it's probably the most affected by a strong dollar than any other commodity, I would think. Maybe, I don't know if crude is, but, um, you know, now your parity with the euro, when's the last time that hadn't happened in, I don't know, 20 years or something. Yeah. But, oh, wow. you know, it's, um, that's, that, that puts a real big dinger on, on the cotton. So, um, of course, I, don't, I hadn't even watched the Chinese want you want or however you say it but um they of course they tried to peg against us on the on the dollar so anyway yes yep. cotton crop's going to be pretty short yep yep do you hear anything out of east texas as far as what the cotton crop looks like on Just that banjos <laughs> banjos <laughs> you hear anything out of them over there that's that's any more promising about cotton over there oh you know you don't really hear much about cotton over there it's usually all south plains and mm-hmm. You know, maybe even down in the valley, down um, far deep south of Texas. But, uh, you know, East Texas is a whole different deal. I think, you know, you get over there, you're getting into more hay. I don't know how many cotton acres they have. They probably have more than I figure. But um, if you're talking actual East Texas, you know, you start getting timber and all that over there. But um, it's pretty amazing. Like, uh, you get not quite East Texas, but, they'll you know, they'll start planting corn in the second week of February. Yeah. Um, it's the Blacklands, they call it, down around like Waco and stuff down there. Mm-hmm. But it's, um, you don't really hear, I mean, I don't hear a whole lot of cotton out there. It's mostly all South Plains. Right. So, yeah. right on. Okay. All right, let's talk about what you see happening. You know, you're a cattle guy, so you got some cattle going there. So you're watching that market, and you got your you got your show cows. You're taking all over God's green earth and, and, <laughs> and sun and showing those things around. But you look yeah. at the cattle market now, what are some of your reactions, what you see happening there? It's unbelievable on the feeder cattle. I mean, you're seeing, you're seeing uh, what eight weights bringing a dollar eighty. I mean, that's unbelievable. What is that, Casey? That's uh, how much head was that? Thirteen, fourteen hundred a head. I yeah. need to get my ten year old in here to do the math. <laughs> you know, a dollar a dollar eighty times. You know, you get eight weights. That's fourteen forty a head. That's unbelievable. But you know, of course, down here, all the um, Feed yard guys, the guys got cattle in the feed yard. They're really grumbling because the uh, what y'all are getting up in Nebraska is just an unbelievable. Y'all are getting what do y'all get? Of course, y'all are dressed to use the time, but on a live basis, northern cattle are getting thirteen, fourteen dollars more per pound on these fat cattle. Mm-hmm. They're getting what are they getting? A dollar forty? Let's see. Let me pull this up here since I've got this great invention called the internet. But um, I think. Are they getting a dollar thirty-eight down here in Texas? It's um, yeah. Let me see here. Daily market summary. Um, eighteen hundred traded in Texas. Let's see. The North are getting a dollar forty-five. The South has, you know, a dollar thirty-seven, dollar thirty-eight. So you know, eight to ten dollars 
um, difference in the uh, just in the live trade between the north and the south. And I don't know why that is, but um, you know we're, we we got a cow calf operation, and we fortunately got some rain in places where we got grass. We are we started grazing emergency CRP first part of June, and they let you do that for free since we're in a D4 drought um, on the drought monitor. So we went and took advantage of that, and um, so there's a lot of that going on. Um, the pasture, you know, we've had, um, we've had, right here in Hereford, we've had four inches for the year. So, um, you know, that's bad enough for the crops as it is, but the pasture was a really desperate situation. So I haven't really heard a whole lot of... Um, herd culling you know we have that huge cow processing facility there in Hereford and um, of course all the dairies here they really load it up with uh, cows every day so but I haven't really heard of a whole lot of liquidation yet um, we did catch some rains here and there a good part of the panhandle is um, you know we're probably we're the driest part of the panhandle by, by a good stretch everything basically not here has had it almost an average year you get yeah. east of Amarillo and it's almost above average but um yeah, it, it's a great time to be. I mean, cattle corn is getting cheaper now, and packers are making still. They're still making. You know, they're still buying planes every other week. Cargill's still telling how many planes they've got, but um, you know, they're making three hundred plus a head still. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, if you got if you got pasture, it's a great great time to own cattle. You know, yep. you can if you can get fourteen hundred a head on a, you know, on a, a calf going to the yard. That's that's pretty damn stout. So. Um, you know, as far as the cattle market going, it's people are holding their heads pretty high. Yep, right on. Okay. Well, Brent, appreciate you being on the podcast. Uh, where can they find the Dryline Farmer podcast, and how can they follow you on on the Twitterverse? Well, you can follow me at Trader Brent, and then my um, I think my my uh, co-host he's out of jail. No, no, yeah, he's out. <laughs> uh, no, you can find Landon Nolan. He's my co-host at No Twit Landon Forty Four. And, of course, um, we're on the Global Ag Network, and then you can find our podcast all over the place. We're kind of all over the place on our content, so uh, we try to uh, – don't let the uh, farmer part fool you. We don't really talk early any farming, so um, we uh, we have a good time doing it. And every once in a while, we'll invite Casey Seymour on there to uh, provide some fashion advice and um, yep. other types of uh, popular culture references. So, yeah, yep. check us out over there. A lot of craft advice, those kind of things, how to update your Lots house. Lots of crafting, a lot of scrap. Casey's yeah. a big scrapbooker. Yeah, like scrapbook. Uh, <laughs> more, 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 I like to do more video scrapbooking than anything, but that's yeah, one, of my, <laughs> it's one of my favorite. He's the Leslie Nope of the, uh, <laughs> the podcast universe. Yeah. Right on. Dude, appreciate you being on the podcast, man. Thanks for filling in. Hey, man, it was a lot of fun. All right, I'm Casey Seymour with Moving Iron Podcast. Make sure to check me out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Moving Iron LLC, LinkedIn at Moving Iron Podcast, and go to the YouTube channel, Moving Iron Podcast, and you can see the video version of this podcast here. Um, friend Alex Yuchenko is over in Ukraine right now, passing out humanitarian aid. So if you want to help him out, go to the show notes. There's a link there. You can go to his GoFundMe page, and that will uh, help him out immensely. So, with that, oh, well, one more thing. Go to movingironllc.com and sign up for the Moving Iron Summit coming up here in Nashville, Tennessee, September 6th, 7th, and 8th, and uh, that'll be a good time. A lot of good information, a lot of good speakers this year, so check that out. And uh, if you're a dealer, good place to hang out for a couple days. So with that, I'm Casey Seymour with Brent Carlson. Let's go move some iron, folks. 
out. Axon Tire is going to have more tips, tricks, and client advice throughout the year and in September at the Moving Iron Summit in Nashville. If you're looking to sign up for the event, please head over to movingironllc.com. We hope to see you there. Valley Transportation has been hauling ag and construction equipment across the country for the past 33 years. Call Parker at 800-657-4910 or go to valleytransitinc.com for all of your trucking needs. At Valley Transportation, our goal is to help you reach yours. And no matter how you buy ag equipment from a dealer, auction, or a private party, AgDirect can help you finance it. You can even apply online at agdirect.com. Learn more about your financing options at agdirect.com. Hard working people working hard for